Hello, and welcome back to How's the View? I am your host, Natalie Rausch, and today I am lucky enough to be chatting with fellow coach, Bree Stockwell. And Bree and I have been chatting back and forth for a couple weeks. We're so excited about the conversation that we get to share with you today. So Bree, I will have you just give us a little introduction of who you are and who it is you coach. Hey, thanks for having me on. This is so fun. This is totally my jam, having conversations with people and then kind of putting it out there to the world. Okay. Yes. So uh, obviously <laughs> my name is Bree Stockwell and I am the creative minds coach, but specifically I focus on confidence. So I am the confidence coach for creatives and I love it so much. So kind of how I came into what I'm doing now. Well, first I'll say I'm a mom of four. So I mommed for many years. I'm still yeah. momming, I guess, but, but all of my children are grown. Um, I'm in Austin, Texas. And a few years ago, I, in December of 2019, I was in a coaching program and like personal for myself. And I was challenged to create the impossible in 2020. And so I was like, oh, I've always wanted to do photography, like really dive into it and understand more and learn. And so I decided to uh, spend the year 2020 kind of putting myself through my own master's program. Well, that's what it turned out to be. And uh, and then do uh, my own like solo exhibition at the end of it. So that was pretty daunting for me because I really didn't even know how to take my camera off of like, um, like I didn't know how to put it on manual mode. So, so oh, that's amazing. it's so crazy. It's so crazy to think of what I didn't know and what I know now and, um, how just, it's kind of cool to go through that process because you learn a lot about yourself and what you're capable of. So, so in March of 2021, I did it. I hosted an exhibition in my home and, um, with about I think it was 17 photographs that I learned how to print myself. Like I bought a printer and cause that, cause I'm extra and yeah, it was, it was really great. And partly because of that, I decided uh, to become a coach. So I'm certified yeah. and here I am. Yeah. And I also, what, what's super fun is I also have a podcast called a creative affair. It's all about art and creativity. And I have a co-host in Sydney, who's also a creative mentor. So super yeah. fun stuff, a different place. than I thought I would, you know, <laughs> never thought it would be in this spot, but here I am. And I really love it. So good. Oh, thank you so much. And it's so, I've, I've been able to listen to you and your co-host banter a little bit on that podcast. And it's so just contagious, the energy of both of your creativity. So I love that what you were able to find out about yourself because of just allowing yourself to explore what's impossible, <laughs> becoming possible. I think you've been able to just open up your mouth and now you're inspiring I don't even know how many people to do the same thing. I don't know. Hopefully more than one. So. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm at least one. So if you know one other person. I do. <laughs> it's not my husband. I don't think, I don't even know if he's ever listened to a full episode, but you know what? It's not his thing. So whatever. you know what? And who knows? Maybe it'll be his thing later on. 
I, I doubt it. It's all right. <laughs> oh, so good to be able to connect with you today, Bree. And in listening to your podcast, I got really excited about the depth we could talk about inner critic, mostly because of how you've used growth at this point in your life. I love the idea of chatting with you about your inner critic and kind of figuring out how you changed your thoughts into creating the possibility of, I could be a photographer. Yeah. You know, a little side note, I remember when I said that for the first time, hmm. like I, I, I did a solo trip that was also felt crazy because I had never really traveled by myself and who, you know, I went to um, New Mexico and decided I was going to go photograph White Sands National Park and, you know, wander the dunes around around the dunes by myself. But I pull up to my Airbnb and the nice hosts are out there and, and they're like, oh, hey, why are you here? And I'm like, I am a photographer. And I thought, did I just say that? Did I just Um, say that? And I had to think to myself, am I really a photographer? So, yeah, Mm. but in order to say that though, you had to believe it on some level. Yeah. I think I was testing the waters, which is Uh really interesting. I think sometimes when we are leaning into belief, you know, especially like new beliefs about ourselves, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really great to test the waters and to t- and, and not just like pretend it in our brains, but say it out loud to people. And then I think there's power. Let me pull back. There is power, not I think. Yes. There <laughs> is power in words. And words, they really are so powerful. And so be able to being able to speak them out loud kind of um it cancels some of the doubt that we have in our in our brains going on. And because as soon as I said that, I thought, am I a photographer? And then I answered it. Yeah, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. And and um what I'm now I'm trying to figure out the question that you asked me. Because no, <laughs> I went down this perfect. little side. This <laughs> is what we love. We love our rabbit holes. And Absolutely. Most people <laughs> that talk to me end up going on rabbit holes and we find our way back, you know? Yes, it's, we do. It's perfect. But what I'm wondering is when you tested the waters and when you just decided that you were a photographer, do you know how you felt? I think I took that week and because I, after I said that, I thought a lot about it and I was like, am I? Yeah, I'm a photographer. And then it was almost like I was proving it to myself. So as I was out doing the work, I was hearing myself say, I am a photographer. I think all of that really helped solidify for me, you know, that, you know, that belief. And so then after I came home, I'm like, yeah, I am a, I am a photographer. And since then, uh, I've said that I've said it multiple times and every once in a while, I'm like, Every once in a while, I think to myself, wow, I can't believe I'm telling people I'm a photographer. That's mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> so well, so I, I think that there's, I think, yeah, I think that there's sometimes a process that we go to when we're, when we're deciding to be something or believe something or believe something different about ourselves. Um, I, for sure, I could have been in that, 
in that self-doubt part where I'm like, I don't, I, I could have said to him, oh, I, I'm just here to, you know, to visit the park. Mm -hmm. I I really could have said that like there, I had so many choices about what to say in that moment. And I chose to just decide to start Did you tell us where you went, Brie? Where were you? Oh yeah. Oh, so I went to New Mexico. Um, I went to, yeah, I had been to in July of, it was July of 2020. I did a road trip with my son. Um, he needed to go to a different state for something. Anyway, on the way back, I said, I'm stopping at White Sands. So I dropped him off at the hotel and I'm like, I got to mm-hmm. see this place. And I drove over there with my camera because I, I was in the photography. I was doing it. And I thought, I've got to just see this place. And when I came, I, I came back to the hotel and then on the way home, I had like a nine hour drive the next day. And I thought, I just had this idea come to me like, I have to go there. I have to go there again. Like mm. it was this, like this intuition that was, that was bugging me. I have to go. And so I did. And so I went to uh state in Las Cruces and I just went every morning and every night to White Sands National Park. I, I just felt like I was a little bit crazy because it was what my intuition was telling me to do. And I was really practicing on listening to that. And, yeah. um, and it was back to the inner critic. It could have been easy. I mean, at, at multiple points, I was like, I'm crazy. This is crazy. What am I doing here? I know mm-hmm. when I was walking in there the first time with all my gear, I was like, this is nuts. What am I doing here? You know? Mm-hmm. And I really kind of, you know, doubting myself, like, like almost like I shouldn't even be here, you know? And multiple times I had to really lean on that, that strong, um, that strong, I, I call it my creative spirit you know, when that creative spirit whispers to me and I really had to lean on that, that I had that impression that I needed to go and do this and that I was honoring that. And so, Mm -hmm. and so every time I was like, I shouldn't even be here. I'm like, yeah, I should. I don't know why, Mm -hmm. but I'm here. You had an answer for it where you're just like, of course I should be here. Right. Well, I didn't know quite why, which can sure. be this really strange place when we're doing something and we're in a little bit of doubt or a lot. And, and we don't really know why we're doing something. We just know that it's where we're led to what we're led to do or say, or experience or whatever. And I think that that's okay to lean on that. Um, yeah. so that we, so that, you know, so that the inner critic doesn't come out and go, Hey, Right. <laughs> Go home. What are you doing here? Why are you doing that? Yeah. You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing this. You don't have anything good to do, you know? And it, when that started to pop up, I could really go, Hey, that's not what we're doing here. I am honoring this thing that I thought up, <laughs> which, yes. I, which felt crazy, but it, but now, now I plan like month long road trips, you know? So right. now, at, because I know that I know that when my, when my intuition bugs me, it's telling me to go to a place that I really need to, where I really need to be. And I, it's not that I don't question. It's just, I never quite know why, but I really am trying to honor that because I find that my, 
my personal work is so much better. When I did this trip, I really did learn so much about myself and (laughs) where I like what direction I wanted to go with my work in some ways that trip has really defined who I am as a photographer because every time I I've, I've been there multiple times now, I just went for a week in March and every time I go, it feels like I'm coming home and it really is like, it's the foundation of my art now. And that's really interesting to me, but I wouldn't have known that then. And so I feel like if we can get comfortable I think a lot of times this inner critic pops up when we're in this uncomfortable spot, when we're kind of in a, maybe a crossroads or, um, we're in a place where we don't really know what the outcome will be. You know, there's like a lot of uncertainty. It's like our natural, it's like the natural thing for our brain to do is have this, is have this little like voice in the background going, Hey, you don't even, you know, (laughs) whatever it is. And listen, I don't even have to say all the things because we already know what our inner critic says. We already know all those phrases. You shouldn't be doing this. What are you doing here? What if you, this isn't like, what if what you're doing, isn't going to be good enough, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so if we can learn to like, accept this kind of like space of discomfort and being uncertain, I think that is really amazing work. Cause if we can kind of accept that and get com how do you do this get comfortable with discomfort i it's think that's a perfect question though what i like that i'm hearing from you brie is the trying it on first of all like you had to test the waters with your words you had to say those words not just in your mind but out loud to a person and you gave yourself the perfect setup to do that because you had this desire to see this beautiful place, I imagine. I don't know what white sands looks like, but now I know I need to go find out. But it's gorgeous. I'm going to send you some photos. Yes, please do. Please do. But what I love is you at least understood your intuition well enough at that point to be able to leave a little space for I'm crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It felt crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. All the time. I'm like, this sounds a, like a lot of fun, but also I feel crazy. But that's what I love about intuition. That's what I love about getting to know ourselves on those deeper core levels, because we've been brought up for some reason to believe that being crazy is a problem. Yeah. When I have an example of my husband and I and our kids were living in Washington and I couldn't get Nashville, Tennessee off my mind. There's no reason why we should live in Nashville, Tennessee. And my audience knows this, so I won't go too far into it. But the only reason we were going to move to Nashville is because we wanted to. And we could not explain that to anybody. We definitely couldn't explain it to family because Nashville was further away than Washington was. And there was no logical explanation. So it really did come down to accepting the fact that, wow, are we crazy? And we learned how to make being crazy feel like we were crazy alive. 
Yeah, that's so good. You know, that's funny because we had us, we're in Austin and we had a similar thing. Hmm. Like we were living in Virginia and we're like, we just feel like we need to move. We're just ready to move. And people were like, why are you moving? And we said, because we can. Yep. (laughs) And my husband looked for a job here and the job moved us and we didn't know anybody. We have zero family here, but guess what? We love it so much. Like it has been Uh so fun for us personally. You know, we're outside all the time, a lot more than Virginia. Anyway, it's, it's just been, it's been fun to live here. So did you move to Austin before becoming a photographer? Yes. Yeah. In fact, I had always had a camera and I just kind of played around with it. I thought I had to, I thought I had to make photos of people. And I learned eventually that I didn't like posing people, you know, that that wasn't fun for me. Like it's not, I didn't feel excited by it or energized by it because I thought that's what I should be doing. And so when I figured out that I wanted to photograph the landscape, that's when I was like, oh yeah, but I I still, I still was photographing the landscape and didn't know what I was doing. Like I, we went to Hawaii on vacation once and I like had a little camera and a tiny tripod and I was doing all, I, I can look at those images and go, I was doing all the wrong things. Plus I wasn't practicing. I was just doing it on vacation. So I wasn't really a photographer because I think. I think to feel like in order for me to feel like I am a photographer, or I am an artist, there's an amount of, um, not just practice, but, uh, having it be interwoven into my life. And it wasn't at that mm-hmm. time. And yeah, now it is like you were trying to force it in. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't know, but doing the work. Uh, in 2020 helped me to understand what it really, for me, what it really means to be a photographer. So, or at least a photographer, that's also an artist. And and I love that because there's a lot of play and practice and, and, um, a a lot of, uh, actually a lot more work in my own mind than, I thought there would be, I thought you just, I thought being a photographer or whatever would you just take your camera out and click the button. And for sure you can call yourself, a you know, just do that. But for me, there's a lot more to it. Like there's, there is so much more. Like I, I, I'm constantly figuring out like, um, I'm going to enter a competition. It's the third time I'm entering this competition. and. I am going through all my work and thinking, uh, is this one good enough to enter? (laughs) Yeah. You know, so, so when you start to do more than just click the button and you're, you know, and I'm, when I'm doing more than that, when I'm making collections, when I'm sharing work, when I'm, when I'm putting more of myself and my art out into the world, there becomes, there's more. Um, there's more work in my own mind that I, that I actually want to do because I want to feel more at peace when I let that go. And I want to, 
I don't want to be second guessing myself. I think a lot of artists do this. Like we second guess ourselves. We like put out work and go, Oh, was that good enough? What if people, are people going to like it? What if they don't like it? (laughs) We talk about this a lot. And, and when I submit, I know that in, I think I'm going to enter in June when I submit all of my work, I'm going to have done not just the, the, technical work of making it an artistry of, you know, putting it all together, but I will also have done the mindset work of deciding that I love these. I like, um, this is my decision and I'm not second guessing it because it's super easy to, it would be super easy for me to gloss over that part, submit submit work and then be like, Oh, I don't know what happens. What if they don't like it? What if, you know, Mm -hmm. what if, and all of those, all of those little things that kind of chew that chew at me, um, or that can chew at us. And listen, this doesn't have to be, I, I think for your audience relate, whatever relate, whatever it is, you can relate this to so much giving a presentation or what, what else can you think of if you're writing a book and you put it out there or mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I have like clients trying to become singers. Yeah. Albums and producers. Yeah. Yeah. Did I submit the right, did I submit the right piece? Mm-hmm. Did I submit the right song to that person? Ooh, what if, what if they, what, you know, and I think there's a lot of second guessing that we do. And I, I really think that's, partly that's like our perfectionism popping in and, you know, some, I, there's a lot of relationship to between our inner critic and confidence. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be doing all of that work and, and I haven't just done it one time. I do it every single time I check in with myself and I do the work again, because this is, this is an ongoing process. You know, we don't just like do it one time. I also find that new things pop up. And I'm like, whoa, where'd that come from? Okay, let's address yes. that. Like, let's look into that one, right? Don't you have that happen? Oh, constantly, constantly where I'll think, okay, I've worked through this thing, but wow, here's another layer that I had no idea. But right. what I'm curious about right now, Brie, is your process of testing the waters and becoming a photographer. I mean, it's it started somewhere and I'm wondering who you were before you were a photographer. You know, that's really interesting question. Um, because I was like, here's what I would say. I'm just a mom. Okay. I know mom being a mom is amazing, right? Yeah. So I, I don't discount that at all. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I was also doing, I called it, I always, I call it actually playing small Yeah. and, um, I'm also a musician. Like that's what I'm trained in. I'm a flutist and I never, I, I always like, I always would tell myself, oh, I'm not really doing anything. So I'm not doing anything big. And I, I think partly, um, it was that, that thinking I know we're, we are talking about the inner critic. So I'm going to bring that up. It was my mm-hmm. inner critic saying to myself, um, like telling myself that I, I wasn't, I don't know, maybe it was that I wasn't capable of doing anything big. Hmm. And 
I think that's why when I decided to do the solo exhibition, it felt really scary because uh, there's so much that I know there's so much that I could have done in the past, you know, to, to do more, but I just didn't, I was a little scared of, I think I was scared of maybe the work. Um, and I also was telling myself that, you know, oh, you're just playing around. Oh, you know, you don't have to do anything big or, you know, you know what I mean? And, and I, I look backwards and go, okay, this was all okay. Like I don't, I actually used to criticize myself for it. And now I know that that was just a part of my life. And maybe it was part of my life that part of me was keeping myself small so that I could raise my four kids and, Mm -hmm. you know, because things work out, you know, a lot of times the way they're supposed to. So it's good. Um, but I, I, I was believing that I was playing small for so long. And so deciding, I never even decided to, I mean, I call myself a flutist now, but that took a while too. And so, and so becoming a photographer is really for me more of a symbol of my own personal expansion, Yeah, which I, which I, which I really, really love. And, um, and now I'm, I'm, I'm doing so much more than I really ever thought I would be because doing this work to like complete this impossible goal showed me that I could do more things than I thought I could. Right. Even, even with sometimes believing that it wasn't going to work or I really Mm -hmm. wasn't like good enough. And I think we just, I think part of it is we, we need courage when, when that inner critic, when those words come up, we start with the courage to kind of go, okay, well, I'll prove you wrong. Right. (laughs) It's going to feel really scary because I still believe that, Yeah. but I'm going to take a step forward and maybe I'll prove myself wrong. Let's see what happens here. And I think that it takes a lot of courage to be it really does take a, a lot of courage to be an artist or a creative person or Absolutely. just a human in general, you yes. know? <laughs> yes. Humanity is an act of courage. What I find interesting is the way you described, and I think a lot of moms can relate to this, where the way we describe being a mom is, well, I'm just a mom, as though that's not the big thing. And you and I could talk all day about why that is the big thing, right? But what I find interesting is it's easy to say, I'm a mom. What becomes a little more challenging is to say, I'm Brie and I'm a flutist or I'm a photographer because it's not attached to anybody else. It's attached to you and that that's an expression of your core. That's an expression of what matters to you on a personal level. And it takes a risk to expose that. Right. Because if I'm a photographer, then what? Mm-hmm. Then do I have to like, what does that look like? If I'm a photographer, am I, do I have to have a website? Do I have to like, be printing work or do I have to have my work in a gallery? You know, what does that look like? And so, uh, I think, I think a lot of times it's scary to say that we're, we are these things because then 
uh, at least for me, then I had to start doing the work to be that thing. Absolutely. But I, I think it's interesting that we have so many things that define who we are. Like, I mean, I said, I'm a, a musician, which mm-hmm. I am, you know, I'm a mom. Mom is easy because one day you have a baby and boom, we know like <laughs> that's easy, tangible, got a baby. <laughs> I'm a mom. Right. Uh-huh. And so, <laughs> but just because I pick up a camera doesn't mean, does that mean I'm a photographer? I don't know. Right. Maybe it does. And so this, there's so much so much about it that's so subjective, but you know, I also call myself a hiker. I don't hike every day, but also right. I love it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's, and there are such a variety of ways that I describe myself that, that I, you know, that I identify with, um, and I'm not doing all of them all at once. So I remember when I first said I was a coach, same yeah. thing. Uh-huh. I put, in fact, it has to do with my podcast. I put up, um, I was doing these, I was doing these live conversations on clubhouse. Remember the clubhouse heyday? Yes. Uh, that's right. So <laughs> I was doing these live conversations on, uh, on clubhouse. And what's funny is because I just decided I would go like all the way into the deep end. And then I was starting to host these things, which I had never done before or put myself out into like a the community in a big way. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, um, I, I was hosting this one and we had these like guests on to talk with and people would come in and just chit chat and ask questions and converse. And the day before I was hosting this one, I put up on my profile, I said, basically I wrote, I'm a coach. I said, well, cause I was in the middle of getting certified. So I didn't necessarily feel like a coach yet, but I was also doing the work. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just going to why not? I'm a coach, a coaching, I'm doing this. And so I put it up there. And then in, after that conversation, the, one of the guests that we had on, um, he messaged me and he said, I see that you're a coach. I'm also a mentor. I wonder if there's a way we can collaborate. And then boom, he's now my podcast co-host. Right. And the crazy thing is like, when we do these things, like what I didn't have any, it felt risky a little bit, but we don't have anything to lose when we do this stuff. Like what's mm-hmm. the risk in me saying that I'm a photographer. Somehow we think this is going to be really scary. Right. And there's just, there's really no risk. The only risk is that we, that, that maybe somehow we'll fail ourselves or mm-hmm. whatever, or that we're, we'll feel terrible. Like we'll feel like an imposter and, I think once we take that step forward and say that we're something or identify as something, then we start doing the work to be that person. You have to decide to be that person. And I was like, heck yeah, I'm a coach. And it took a little while, you know, (laughs) to show myself that I was, but so fun. I mean, what a great, I, I love that story because it's kind of like, I took that risk and look at the amazing thing that came out of it. Cause we just never know. Yes. And I think you're nailing it. Like it is a risk. It's always going to be a risk when we haven't done something before, when we haven't been that person before, but it comes down to a choice. Like, what do I want? And am I willing to take the risk of becoming that? Yeah. I'm wondering too, if we allow our inner critic 
to rule our life experience, right? Then what? Then what? Because I would say a hundred percent, if I let my, if I let that little voice dictate the things that I did or didn't do, I would just be like on the sofa eating ice cream. Yeah. Netflix. So true. So true. (laughs) And honestly, you guys, maybe this is the answer to why you're doing that sometimes is inner critic is running the show when that inner critic is running the show and they don't have all the details. They're leaving out all of the good details about who you are. Like, what if we just collaborate with the inner critic and we're like, Hey, yeah, I might not be some phenomenal coach or photographer or singer or someone that people know and want to talk about and want to pay or go see yet. But I'm a human just like everybody else that's doing that thing. And it's just one step at a time. So like I could sit here on the couch and worry about how I'm not there yet. Or I could keep fostering that belief more and more solid with every action that I take. And especially believing that I'm becoming the person that does these things. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because that voice sometimes keeps us from believing that we already are that person. Yes. When we actually already are, and we just need to believe it. So many times I found myself in that place, sitting on the sofa. Okay. Listen, I'll be a little bit vulnerable here because I just don't care We're I'm human. So There have been times where I'm like, what am I doing? I feel super terrible about myself. I literally am like, I don't have ice cream here. I'm going to run to the, run to the (laughs) gas station. They have bluebell ice cream and I, and I'm going to get bananas. I'm going to get myself the biggest bowl of ice cream and I sit and I watch my whatever. Uh, There's one K drama that we really like. And so we watch, we watch all kinds of shows, but anyway, we love TV. But I'm like going to sit there and I'm going to like, seriously, I'm going to bring my hanky. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have my pity party. I'm going to let that, my, that, that person, that, that in like little inner voice take over. And I just literally, literally allow it. Um, and I honestly, I know what I'm doing and I, (laughs) it's deliberate. Yeah, it totally, it, it kind of totally is, but I also think, oh, maybe tomorrow I'll feel better. But here's the thing when we, I already know this when I'm sitting down with my ice cream, because the next day I'm going to get up and I have a choice to make. Mm -hmm. I have a choice to be like, oh, you suck. I I have a choice to let that inner critic tell me how much I suck because I allow myself to do that. Oh, you're going to get fatter. You're not going to be able to hike more, blah, 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 all the things, right? Like you could have gotten this done instead of watching TV. Okay. Or. I can be like, okay, I am just, that was last night. I'm just going to, I'm just going to move on. It's fine. I allowed that to happen, but it's like, it's like we, we set ourselves up for failure when we judge ourselves for kind of allowing ourselves to sit in the pity party. Cause let's be honest here. So many times our inner critic is going to tell us to, that we suck and we are going to have the pity party. Natalie, you've already had this. 
right? Yes. Like yes. you have had the pity party. I have had the pity party. Oh, over I've and over comforted again. my husband. Yeah. I've comforted <laughs> my husband while he's done his pity party. I'm, I'm I, we just do these, but if you allow yourself to then have the pity party about the pity party, then you're just creating this big, huge cycle. And that's where I think it gets really tricky. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like, okay, what are we actually having the pity party about in the first place? So if yes. we can, if we can look for more successes, like the, it's like the anti-pity party. Okay. So my favorite thing, I run these um, confidence workshops and at the very last meeting, I do six, six sessions. So six weeks, what the last session is we come with our successes and I do some teaching and we do some coaching, but Mm -hmm. we come with our successes. And sometimes it's really hard for people to do this because they're not used to it. Yep. And so the antidote to this inner critic is finding like you taught, you said like, um, being that person, right. Becoming that person. Well, why are we not looking like, Hey, let's spend more time looking for how we already are that person instead of having the pity party. Exactly. For, right. Mm-hmm. So, so doing this more often, this is, this is not something that is, um, that we are wired to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So being our own cheerleader, this is, this is totally what I've told my clients before. If you are going to be your own worst critic, right? We've heard this from people. Oh, I'm my own worst critic. Well, if you're going to be that, go ahead. If you want to take that on you, great. If you're going to do that, you also need to be, this is my opinion, your own best cheerleader. You're also going to have to take the time to find out how you are doing crazy, amazing things because it's good. It feels so great. We, and when we find these things, we actually, we feel better and we, we want to do more of it mm-hmm. and it motivates us to do more of it. I think sometimes we feel like if we cut ourselves down, it's going to motivate ourselves to like, quote, be better. And I think that's not true. No, no way. I think it has a total opposite effect and it takes putting yourself at risk and actually celebrating the wins that aren't the end result in order to like cultivate being your own cheerleader, like being the one that can be with you in, in the wins, in the celebrating, in the positive energy, because I think a lot of us want to rely on somebody else to be that for us, but that does not stick. Like there's no, there's no art piece that's going to hold a candle to your inner belief in yourself that, wow, look at what I have been willing to do. And I'm the one that knows every detail of how I was willing to get there. I think a lot of times we think we have to celebrate our six, like our wins when it's the end result, like mm-hmm. you said, when it's not your end result. And I actually think that that's the key. Yes. Like, you know, maybe, maybe if I was having, um, some struggles, I, I don't even know if I call it struggles, but let's say in the decision to enter my work into this competition, 
And I was really struggling to figure out which ones I thought were good enough. And I had this little, like, um, you know, this, this little voice in the back of my mind going, I don't know if that's good enough. When I decide to finish, finish one. And I'm like, that's done. That's I'm submitting. I'm going to submit that one. I actually want to celebrate that because making, doing the work and making the decision, even though I haven't entered the whole thing, but that is so huge. And it, it, even though it feels small or looks small to somebody else, I think it's worth celebrating. And I think it's worth recognizing and taking a minute to tell ourselves how awesome we are. Don't think we Uh do this enough. We need to, we need to start creating. I want to create this culture where we're like, we're awesome and we know it and we celebrate it and we talk about it. Right. Yeah. Well, because we've been so resistant to talking about it because we think that's some, some kind of a no-no kind of like being crazy is a no-no for some reason. It's like, well, what if that's what feeling alive is? What if that's what loving yourself is? Like, are we willing to figure that out? Right. And I think I've had this question from clients before, like, but I, it kind of like, doesn't look good if I talk about myself like that. Mm-hmm. And I get that because we've, we've been trained that it's like egocentric, that it, you know, looks like we're bragging, but the whole reason, one of the reasons we want to do this is because it's super helpful for everyone else. Like it is, I want to celebrate with people. Mm-hmm. And so if I don't tell you, Natalie, that I did something really cool, then you don't get to celebrate with me. Yep. Right. Like, like how can we create this culture where we're all lifting each other up and, and really admiring the work that we're, that we're each doing. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if it seems small or if it's a giant, giant thing, like a book launch, like let's, let's do more of that versus Mm -hmm. allowing ourselves not to say the, like, not to talk about it and allowing our inner critic to be like, it's not worth sharing or right. Right. Keeping us playing small. Like you said, right. Right. Uh Yeah, exactly. It's that voice that keeps us doing that versus like, versus being worried about, well, versus just saying the stuff, Hey, celebrate with me right now. Hey, can you celebrate with me right now? If you don't want to bless it to the world, call your friend, call a good friend. Hey, do you want to celebrate this with me? Uh But, um, I, I do think it's that it's that inner critic. That's like, this isn't good enough to celebrate. Let's not talk about it. Right. Like this is bragging and false. Yep. Absolutely. (laughs) And also like, is bragging bad? Like, why do we have this idea that bragging is bad? And we can reframe that because just the celebrating energy yeah is contagious and that contagious energy of actual celebration of recognizing the wins it's open it's inviting it's encouraging it's all good right when when we think of it that way mm-hmm. so If you find yourself in a space where you're like, that person is bragging, check in with yourself because Mm -hmm. bragging is bragging is putting yourself above other people 
it's same with like um, putting people down. It's so that we look better. So right. bragging is actually lifting yourself up so other people don't look good. Right. And, and it so if you the comparison with other people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so if you find yourself in that space, just check in because we don't really know what other people's motives are mm-hmm. for talking about something awesome that they did or some success. And it could be, listen, go talk to Natalie, go ask, go ask for a coaching session with Natalie. Yes. <laughs> this is hard for you. <laughs> okay. Because this is super this concept of celebrating your successes is super important. It really is the antidote for helping, um, not silence because I don't think my inner critic is ever going to be silenced. Right. But it kind of quiets it. Yes. Yeah. You and can it helps volume down a little bit. Yeah. And it helps me see how, like how I am going right so much more often because mm-hmm. I'm finding those things. Right. And, and if we find ourselves in a space where we don't want to share because we think it's bragging, then we're doing some comparisons. Just yes. share your successes because you're awesome. Not mm-hmm. because anyone else is better or less than because well, not you're because awesome. You... The end. Yes. Not because you have anything to prove. Right that's the difference in energy is when you're sharing a success simply because you've learned something new or you've overcome a challenge or goodness, like you got out of bed that day. Right. (laughs) This, this is stuff that, I mean, if you think about it, Brie, I would imagine in the art industry, anybody who is a successful artist is going to be able to look at your little wins that aren't the end result of the piece that's being showcased. Like they're going to be able to look at your small wins and celebrate with you. They're not going to think of those small wins as, oh, that's just not big enough. That's pathetic. That's ridiculous. Like anybody who's done it themselves wants to put you on top of a table and just like cheer for you. Yes. If we're not sharing our wins with people, we're missing that, that connection, that community, that, that growth that can only happen when we're boosting each other up. I think it, I do think it's important to lift each other up um, and create this, create more of this space in our world where, where we are more celebratory Mm -hmm. and uplifting. And versus that, versus that, like, you know, allowing ourselves to, you know, put ourselves down. Right. So what do we do, Natalie? Because I think this is tricky. Like, sure, we can have this antidote, you know, we can do this, right? We can find, we we could find our successes, but what do we do when we're in that space where our inner critic just will not shut up. What do you do? Like, have you been in that space where your, your inner critic will not shut up? No, constantly. That's why I'm the inner critic coach. (laughs) I have, I have more than enough experience with the inner critic. And one thing I'll say is my inner critic tries to pretend like 
it knows what everybody around me thinks. So most often I'm trying to figure other people out in order to check in and make sure I'm okay. If I'm operating from the inner critic, one thing that I've been able to really strengthen in myself is the ability to be the one who cares the most about what I think. Because of course, and I've said this to my, my audience before, they know this, we're going to care what other people think. We're going to worry about other people's opinions because we're human and that's what we do. And I think it's all for a good cause because we want to connect with each other. So it's useful to some degree, but I love to come back when I feel like I need to hide. When I, when I notice myself feeling embarrassed or awkward or not enough, I like to check in with myself and wonder, okay, whose thoughts are in my head right now? Where is this coming from? And do I even agree? Is this something that my opinion is actually the same as what I think the worst opinion of me could possibly be? Or do I actually have my back on this? And this has served me in tremendous ways where I'm okay with people disagreeing with me. And I used to not be okay with that. I used to fear having an opinion that people wouldn't agree with because I thought it was wrong. And my inner critic is typically that voice of, well, we don't agree with you, therefore you're wrong. And I just, I slow down enough to think to myself, okay, Natalie, do you think you're wrong though? Mm. I love that question. I love turning it back around at ourselves, not in a bad way, but in a more like introspective way, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because um, it really is up for debate. All of this is up for debate. And here's what, here's what I want to kind of highlight from what I've heard from you today, Brie, is it's a choice. Every single thing we decide to think that we are, or we aren't, it's totally a choice first. Like you used to not think you are a photographer. And then there was a day that you decided, well, that's just part of my identity. That's who I am. But how did you do that? Right. Courage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a decision. Yeah, totally. My, my new saying is actually start with courage, finish with confidence, because sometimes we start and we don't we don't really know We're we're a little scared. It feels, we feel unsure. Um, but it's the, it's the courage that, you know, helps us start moving Yes. or say stuff like, oh yeah, I'm a photographer. Right. Um, and then while, while we do the work and I'm not talking about just like physical work, it's all of the work. It's like, you know, uh, it's all of the emotional and, you know, mental work and also you know, actually doing the work to prove to ourselves, like I had to do the work to prove to myself that I was a photographer, right? Like I was like, yeah, of course I'm a photographer. Like I'm doing this thing. Right. (laughs) Um, and, and I think, I think all of that helps build our confidence, but I don't think we have to believe that we're amazing to just start something and do something. And we can, we can do a lot of things with courage. Yes. Um, well, you one know, of my, one of, oh, go ahead. 
I was going to say, you know, one of the things when you were talking about how you deal with your inner critic, one of the things that I was thinking was, you know, I have this reoccurring question that pops up for me. And it's like, I remember (laughs) maybe it was last week I'm walking up the stairs because I do a lot of things that I think are crazy. Right. So just like, (laughs) I'm crazy. This is crazy. So I was walking up the stairs. I'm like, what am I doing? And so this is when I know that my, that my inner critic is about to like, just start telling me all the things and like answer all the questions. And so there are things that I say over and over again that keep coming to me. It's like the broken record inner mm-hmm. critic. And so when those words come up, I've been onto it now enough and I've heard it enough that when it starts playing in my head, because, because listen, this is a practiced thing. So when Natalie and I are talking about like listening, you know, believing the things and doing all this stuff in our minds, this takes practice. And so I'm practiced enough at, at, um, understanding myself and listening to my own thoughts that now, when I hear this play out, when I hear, what am I doing? And then my brain starts answering it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's just what I say to myself. Yes. When I'm feeling bad or I'm just, this is just the broken record of what plays. And I actually have already decided because I've done the work, I've already decided this isn't true. And so it's actually easier for me to like, put that aside. Now, let me just take that record off. Right. Because, because this is just the broken record that plays. It's the, it's the one that plays like instantly. And I can go, Oh, that's, it's because I'm so practiced at saying this now. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm doing the work to unpractice it and to do different and to think different stuff. And so that one that plays, I can go, Oh, let's just take that one off. Yeah, Hmm. of course I'm going to think that because I'm doing something new or I'm doing this thing that, Oh, you know, I'm like in the middle of a couple of things right now that, that, that record has Saturday, that record played for me. And I was like, Oh yeah, there it is. Let me just take that record off. (laughs) So it was easier. It was easier for me to take it off and put on a new record because I'm like, instantly I know that that's not all working for me. I've already decided other things. And also I know it's going to keep coming back. And so yes, like my brain just wants to put that on. Um, and, and it's also okay, but I love being able to like, take it off and do something different. Love it so much. Totally. Totally. And I think that's just the work of coaching is not only are you aware of the repeat soundtracks, which have you read, have you read the book soundtracks by John Acuff? Um, no. And now I'm putting it on my list right now. You will love it. It's exactly what you're talking about, but, um, just with the broken record, the whole idea of this book is there are, there are songs. If you ever burned CDs and you ever listened to ABBA a day in your life, you usually probably had an ABBA song at the very beginning of every soundtrack you ever created on those burned CDs. But if you're like me and you listen to Ace of Bass, you get really sick of that song. It's not my favorite song. I don't want to listen to this anymore, but it just keeps repeating. And the whole idea is you can turn the volume down or just change the song. Like 
there's other songs. There's probably 22 other songs on this CD. And now we're in a world that doesn't do CDs. And so literally it's the click. No, we don't even have to click anything. We can just Spotify. Say, hey, Spotify. Yeah. Change the song. Uh-huh. I don't like this song. Thumbs down. Never again. Hey, hey S-I-R-I. If I say <laughs> it, all of my devices will go off. But yeah, exactly. wouldn't it be great? Would it, this would be, I love this metaphor because wouldn't it be great? And by the way, I just found it on script. I just found it and saved it. So that's how I Perfect. saved it. You'll so love it. It's already saved. Done. <laughs> so, so wouldn't it be great though? Like, I, I love this. How can we, what other soundtrack would you want to mm-hmm. play about you that, you know, about yourself yes. instead? And maybe we have different, like, you know, when I'm doing, um, I feel like there's multiple ones. And so this one, this is such a great exercise maybe to decide, right. To decide, to decide, okay, what's the, what's the record that I want to play. And what does that, what does that look like when I Mm -hmm. find myself thinking this, and it's usually the same stuff over and over, right. Right. What do I now want to play? And we can, we can have different ones that play over, you know, that play for different things. It's a total choice. Well, and the, the exciting thing that I've been able to do, I've, I've played around with this idea a lot. So one thing I like to do is what's the title of this song and like, what's it about? What's the story? What's the result of the song? Is it some like super dreary, depressing song? That's just going to leave me like in a slump the rest of the day, or is there some other music I want to listen to? And and I can, you can do the same, interchange it with a book. If your style is more of a novel where it's like, what's the beginning, what's the middle, what's the end of this book. And really what vibe am I looking for? Because there are times with music where I want it to be peppy. There are times where I really do want to be sad. So I'm going to choose sad. And there are times when I'm just looking for something to help me relax so smooth jazz. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But it's like, we can, we can kind of nurture our emotions with the right soundtrack, with the right script. But back to what you were saying, Brie, is we've been, we've been doing this work. You and I, I've been doing this work for five years. I've been practicing new thoughts for at least five years and it's still hard to drown out the old soundtrack. So one way that I would encourage everyone to think of your new thoughts as you're trying them on is think of them like a relationship. Think of them like you're trying on a you're trying on this idea for yourself and you're trying to figure out if it's the right fit. You're trying to figure out if this is something that makes you feel more like you. Or does it make you feel less like you? Do you want to hide or do you want to expose yourself? And do you feel safe to do so? But treating our thoughts as though they're a relationship that's going to be in our lives and affect everything. Yeah. Do you think we ever get rid of the inner critic and would we want to? No. My personal opinion is absolutely not, but to, to both, no, to, well, yeah, no, to both, no, to both, because for me, I'm just a big, I'm a big time redefiner. So my inner critic doesn't mean bad guy anymore. 
my inner critic isn't just this big bully because I've cultivated a relationship with my inner critic where we can actually have a conversation when we disagree and we can collaborate together to kind of appease the inner critic. Be like, hey, I hear you. I get it. It is scary. Yeah, we might screw up. Maybe we are wrong. Yeah. But like, don't you kind of want to try anyway? And, and it answers, no, let's go try and eat ice cream. <laughs> That's okay. You can just, you can just close your eyes and sit in the back seat. I'm just going to take us there anyway. So you don't have to want to for me to want to. Yeah. I, I think so often we think that, um, you know, because when those, when all of that stuff pops up, right. And, and it, for sure, it can keep us from doing some really amazing things mm-hmm. when it does pop up. I, I end up feeling terrible. Like I yes. just feel like so heavy and it, it makes me not, it really does zap my energy and makes me, it, it makes me not want to do anything. Yes. Um, but, but acknowledging that this is going to happen sometimes that this is part of like my own human experience. And I think we have a tendency to like, not want to feel terrible. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't ever want to feel terrible. Right. But I also know I'm also more accepting of it now. This is, I'm still in the process of learning this, but I'm more so much more accepting of it now, just because I know that this is part of my process that sometimes I am going to feel like this. Sometimes that record yes. is going to come on and get played. And, mm-hmm. and that's, and it's actually also okay. It's, it's just all part of the process. Well, so. and, and honestly, for me, that ends up being some of the most important parts because, and I'll say this to my husband, he's the one that gets the totally real Natalie. So if you have any questions about how I do anything, just go to him and he's going to give you the gut honest truth. But the truth is I don't feel good. A lot of the time I'm uncomfortable. A lot of the time I doubt myself. I have moments where I'm like, Steve, who the hell do I think I am to tell people that I'm a life coach and I can help them with their life. Like there, those moments absolutely exist, but I'm also nurturing a relationship with the other moments where it's like, oh yeah, who am I to do this? Well, I'm someone who cares a hell of a lot about people. So I actually have quite a bit of business doing this because I can foster a lot of belief when I care about people. Yeah. You know, this is interesting because I just thought, what if that inner critic is there and pops up sometimes? Well, A, to keep us safe, right? To keep us mm-hmm. from like doing all the work and expending all the energy of doing this new stuff, whatever it is that we're going to do. But what if the inner critic is like the, what if we changed it and made the inner critic the catalyst for showing ourselves how amazing we are? Like when the mm-hmm. inner critic starts to ask me, um, what am I doing? What in the, what in the world crazy thing are you doing? Then I get to, it's, that's my, this is my cue. This is the catalyst for me going, yeah, I'm awesome. Because we know that there are a lot of, um, opposites in the world. You and I talked about opposites before, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, and so if we use the inner critic 
as a cue to then tell ourselves how awesome we are. What if that was amazing for sure? You could let yourself feel bad, but then let it be the catalyst for you. And, mm-hmm. and I am more loving that thought of then being able, having that, having that time to tell myself, remind myself of the things I already believe about me and yes. who I am and what I'm capable of. Right. And that feels so much more that has so much more power to me than just letting myself sit there. Okay. Right. I'm not good enough, but guess what? Oh, no, I hear what you're saying, but also I'm using this as a time to tell myself, you know what I, Oh, by the way, this is not bragging folks. I, because I started going to New Mexico and going to white sands, you know, then I, when I tell myself, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? You're so crazy. Maybe you're not so good. No, I won New Mexico magazines. I was a grand prize winner of New Mexico magazines, like photo contest for 2021. Why? Because I decided to do all this crazy stuff and go there. And then I decided to just enter the contest. Right. And I had no idea that I would win anything. Right. But you know what? Yeah. I'm a photographer. Yes. I am an award-winning photographer. folks. Yes. (laughs) See, isn't that incredible? Like this is what I love so much because you can feel that energy, Brie. Like you're giving us the opportunity right here, listening in on this podcast, all of you, I want you to feel that because that's so different than bragging and comparing and boasting and all of that. That is, that is like embracing and acknowledging, wow, look at what I did that I had no idea. I could right. do Right. Right. Yes. Like I freaking have, I love free. I love the word freaking. I have yes. an image in a magazine. I'm published in a magazine. Yes. What? And that no. came from literally saying I'm a photographer. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it, it actually came from honoring my intuition yes. and then starting to believe that I could be that mm-hmm. person. Yes. Well, in the first, Uh, the first actions you take from that honor, like, and you just keep repeating where, when you talked about courage, my, my favorite courage quote is courage. Isn't the absence of fear. Courage is fear walking. When you're talking about putting yourself out there, entering contests, like your inner critic, I guarantee is along for the ride, whether it's screaming at you or it's just silent, like a little bit quieter in the background at this point, it's there. And I love what you're presenting here because my thing is I love to think of the inner critic as being repurposed as a best friend. When the inner critic is this, this catalyst or this tool, I use the word tools a lot in trying to reframe our perspectives. When the inner critic is giving us that opportunity, I'm picturing like center stage and there's your mic and you get to step up and be like, well, you know what inner critic, this is exactly what I'm doing. I am a photographer because I decided I am. So there's your answer. Isn't that fun? Oh, it's perfect. Y'all, we can decide what we want to be. 
Yeah. There's no one that there's no like test you take that says you're a photographer (laughs) or that says you're a musician or that says you, well, maybe maybe a certification tells you you're a life coach. <laughs> you know what? No, no but, it doesn't. But there's no certification. Listen, we, I'm a certified life coach. Okay. So, so I, I went, yeah, you are too, right? So yes. we went through a certification process, but there's no certification for a confidence coach for creatives. No. I had to go out and do all of the work so I could help teach my people. So I can help. So I have tools so that I know what questions to ask and how I want to talk to people and what I want to focus on. Right. And like, who, who does this stuff? Right. Right. And so often we're going to be in this spot where I'm, where we're like, well, who does this stuff? And I like to go, well, if not me, then who? So might as well be me. It might as well be me doing this stuff. Love it. Well, so good. So Brie, the last question I want to ask you and I'm very curious what your answer will be, but I have Uh-oh. some ideas. I'm kind of scared, Natalie. I'm just a little scared. It's okay. okay go ahead. You have go courage. Ahead. So you'll I be just right. To, I told you. <laughs> Bree, I'm wondering what gives you the right to be a photographer? What or who? How about both? Am I, am I allowed to change your question? I love it. Go for it. Uh, well, I'll answer the what. What gives me the right? The universe. The, the simply from the fact that I exist as a human and I get to make the decisions about my life, mm-hmm. that's like what or who gives me the right yeah. because, because I am who I am, I get to decide who I am simply because I exist here in the world. I can be, we can be so so many things, but specifically, I feel like there's been, um, like paths I've been led down and I can see, I can look backwards from here and I can go, well, from, you know, in my head, from where I'm at and go, that led me to this. And that led me to this. And that led me to this, even being a mom led me to being a coach. Right. And so Um, and all of my, the creative things that I've done have even, I've done so many, by the way, so many, I can knit, I can knit you pair of socks with my eyes closed. Right. So (laughs) I, I think just because I am who I am, the universe gives me permission to be a photographer. That's perfect. Absolutely perfect. And I would just add your desire. Yeah. You desire to be a photographer, the universe that you exist in, it wants to support you. Yeah. And you create it first in your mind, then in your emotions, and then in your actions. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to be one and boom, here I am. Ta-da. <laughs> having this conversation. <laughs> oh, and lucky us to be able to so connect with you today, Brie. This has been absolutely phenomenal. I have a lot of clients that have big ideas and that are incredibly creative and they have journeys 
that they have yet to continue embarking on. So if you had one bit of advice for those clients that are feeling scared, but want to take courage, what would you tell them? I feel like there's so many things. Yeah. So I feel like the pressure to say the right one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, there's there is, no right there, one. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> there is no right one, but um, what's coming to me right now is yeah, we can have courage. But what I want to say is you don't need confidence to just yeah. go after it. You, we don't, we don't need it. So often we think if I just had more confidence, I would do this and it's not true. You just use your courage and start. And I think checking in with ourselves and saying, is, do I have the band, the energy for this? Do I, is this what I really want to be doing for sure? Do all those things. Right. But I think it's such a fallacy that we need more confidence to do stuff. And it's not true. Mm -hmm. You, you start with, that's why I say we start with courage and you finish with confidence because you create the confidence to do the work on the way. And so you don't need it to start. If you have a big idea and it's been bugging you for a while, cause I I'm in the space, I'm actually doing something, a big idea that, that it's been bugging me for a while. And I finally <laughs> was like, I'm going to do it. And I don't feel that confident about it, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I know I don't need confidence to just start doing it. We don't, you don't need it. It feels really good. It feels really good to say, I have all the confidence to do this thing, but big ideas are sometimes scary. And that's just the place that you're in. If you have a big idea and it's also amazing because that's what makes the, the world awesome. Yeah. So, when you mm -hmm. let your big ideas out and show the world exactly who you are, there's, oh my gosh, it's so contagious. Let's just spread it. Right. So you don't need confidence, but for sure you want to create it along the way because courage, this is what I do know. You said, you said that quote, um, courage is with fear walking with you. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of energy to do that, to yeah. walk with fear. And so if you can create the confidence, more confidence along the way, then the fear starts to go and you have more energy to do the work. So that's why you want to shift into confidence, but you just don't need it to start. So let's go do the thing. You don't need confidence, gather up some courage and just start it. Take the very next step. Just do the thing. Come on. All right. There you go. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Bree, thank you so much for sharing your story and your vulnerability and your wisdom with us. It has been such a pleasure. Is there somewhere you can lead my clients if they want to hear more from you or work with you? Yeah. So you can, everything that I do lives on uh, creativemindscoach.com. And you can find um, how to work with me. You can find uh, a link to my podcast, which is called a creative affair, because, you know, we all have an affair with our creativity, or with our creative work. <laughs> I love it. Um, which I know I love it too. It's so fun to create that. Um, and also you can, uh, it's kind of buried in there, but you can read about me and who I am and find my portfolio, which is also really fun. I'd love for you to check out my art. So that's it. Creativemindscoach.com. Everything lives there. Thanks, Fantastic. Natalie. Thank you. It has been so wonderful chatting with you. And that is our episode today. <laughs>